Tracy and Emily are smart lovable sisters who really love Lucifer for the plot. Yeah, the plot, which they overthink. <laughs> I feel the same way. Hey, y'all. I'm here with my sister, Emily Guy Birkin, who does not use a hyphen. And I'm here with my sister, Tracy Guy Decker, who does use a hyphen. And together we are Lightbringers, where we illuminate the deeper meaning of the crime-solving devil TV show. And you bet your ass, we are overthinking it. Bet your sweet pippy. We are so going <laughs> to overthink it today. These are some juicy, juicy episodes. Oh, they're they're thick. Yeah, we yeah. just spent like almost 15 minutes planning out what we're going to say. I think it was more like 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Today, um, we're talking about a 323 and 324, Quintessential Decker Star, and a Devil of My Word. And for those of you watching, usually, like, we both watch, and then we get on, and we just kind of have an unscripted conversation. We're still unscripted, but we did take some time to make sure that we... I, I, I actually took notes to make sure that we don't forget anything, because there's so much. So much. It's so good. So mm, much. You just want to suck episodes. the marrow out of the bone of these episodes, because they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. So usually we just kind of like see where the conversation takes us and more or less stay one episode to the other. I think we're going to treat these two as a whole mm -hmm. and focus on a couple on the, on characters, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how we just laid it out when we were talking. So I actually think maybe. Do you want to start with Charlotte? Yeah, I think maybe I do. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I feel her arc in, in, just one of these two episodes because every time i, I rewatch, i forget that she's not here in uh, devil of my word i right. like you know i i just i forget that 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 happens early on and uh, because her her shadow is cast such a long or she casts such a long shadow over a devil of my word we were texting each other back and forth as we were watching the, the, these episodes and um one of the things that we were talking about was when she was sitting on the bench uh, at the end of quintessential Decker star overlooking Los Angeles. Like this is the closest I'll ever get to heaven. And Amenadiel is comforting her, even though he has just realized recently how little he knows and saying like, she's saying like, it's too little too late, even though we have seen her do this incredible thing in bringing a serial abuser to justice and protecting a young woman who has already been harmed by him. And she is so badass in all of this. So when they they get them the uh, information from um, uh, Richards and Wheeler, Wheeler and Richards, her old, old uh, firm, which with the uh, return of Dr. Kane and, and uh, D.B. Woodside, we're in the hell out of that suit. Oh, Woo, boy, that man. Yeah. I mean, like ZZ Top was on to something. <laughs> Every girl crazy about a sharp dressed man. He looks so good in that. Sharp dressed man is DB Woodside. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen. But what's amazing about that moment is, well, for one thing, she is okay with appearing insane, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is her unstable. Her big, That's her biggest yeah, fear. Unstable. Biggest mm -hmm. fear. And she's also giving her former lover, because if you remember, Ben Wheeler was uh, was her lover right when the goddess took over her body. Mm -hmm. She's giving him good advice. 
It's something she knows he's not going to hear. She's saying that there are consequences for what you're doing here. Please know that there are consequences and please start making changes before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually really good advice that I know Ben Wheeler is incapable of hearing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she used that as her distraction Mm -hmm. is also like compassionate and badass. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, it could have been other ways. She could have just yelled there's at so him. many things. Yeah. She could have just yelled at him. Called she could have been like, I miss whatever. you, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there, there are so many things that she could have done with that distraction and they, they could have been ego preserving ways that she yep. could have used that distraction. Yep. Yep. She did yep. not. She went for what was going to cause a scene and what was going to get information out there. So even if Ben Wheeler didn't hear it, everyone in the office heard it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's another thing, even if she can't get through to him. I mean, it's the reason why I sometimes argue with people on the internet. It's not for the person I'm arguing with, it's for the person who are listening, (laughs) who are lurking and watching. That's amazing. And then when she confronts Forrest Clay, that's his name, right? Yeah. Forrest Clay. Um, And I can't, uh, he didn't spell it that way, but first name Forrest, I'm just like, your name for the KKK Grand Wizard? Is that that what your name is? Because, ew. Uh, if you don't know Nathan Bedford Forrest, who is the reason why Forrest Gump is named Forrest, which is anyway. So she, when she confronts him, like she is like ice in her veins. Um, And even when he gets his current girlfriend, Mia, like with, with the knife to her throat, she's scared for Mia, but she continues to maintain that calm and it's like, that's all that, that type A success was building to that moment. Mm-hmm. It feels like, and I, I just, God, I want to be, I want to be Charlotte Richards when I grew up in that episode, you know, I don't want to die at the end. And even the fact that the reason she dies is because she jumps in front of a Menadiel because not because he's an angel, not because he's God's son, but because he's her friend. Yeah. Yep. Because they have a, a real connection right. and she doesn't want something bad to happen to him. And I'm tearing up. <laughs> yeah. 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 That whole, the whole death scene is really, is really, I, I cried watching it again, even yeah. though I knew it was coming. Like, like Trisha Helfer did an amazing job in that, like sort of the, the pain and the whatever and the fear and the don't leave me. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. The one, like, thing that I'm overthinking is that I think the angle that she intercepted, like there would have been an exit wound and Amanda still would have taken a bullet. <laughs> I think maybe they were far enough. I don't know. Maybe Pierce was far enough away. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't yeah. actually know a whole lot about ballistics. I just mm-hmm. like, or anything. Um, but I just, <sighs> unfortunately, just from reading the news, no, yeah, yeah. that you know sometimes like the teacher who tried to shield their students and the students still mm-hmm. you know like those things unfortunately yeah. i know from yeah. just reading the news so yeah. anyway i'm willing to give it because it was important storytelling no- moment that she took the bullet for bullets for him mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i did have an overthinking moment with it like yeah. right there so there, there is one thing that i also want to mention about that scene before pierce shows up is when she's saying like, yes, we got Forrest Clay, but it's too little too late. He hurt all of those other women. 
And I got goosebumps when Amenadiel said, but he's never going to hurt another person again. And you are responsible for that. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for making sure that he can't hurt anyone ever again. And we can't ask for more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that gets a little bit into, um, like we talk a lot about the parallels with The Good Place. One of my favorite moments in The Good Place is when they quote, oh gosh, is it Tolstoy? He's like, the only time we have is now. That's the only time we have power. I don't know who said it, but it's, it's Russian. <laughs> um, uh, now is the only time that matters. It's the only time we have any power. And I, I like, I, I really appreciate that because like it is counterproductive, not useless, but counterproductive to ruminate on what happened in the past um, or worry about what's coming in the future, just in the now with the information you have now with the abilities you have now doing what you can to make things right is all that we can ask of ourselves or anyone else. And I got like, like literally like goosebumps, like (laughs) hair standing up on my arms. Cause I was just like, I need to hear this. I love this message, particularly since I can completely comprehend Charlotte's overwhelm and she's not overwhelmed at her own prospects of going to hell. It's more, she's thinking about all those women who were hurt in between Mm -hmm. when Joanne Foley was killed and now mm-hmm. and then also like i'm imagining like the 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 guy who went down for joanne foley's death oh my god his story is heartbreaking yeah you know i also was moved by that exchange and i i actually want to draw out specifically that amenadiel didn't just say he won't hurt anyone else he said he won't hurt another woman and The gendered piece of it actually feels significant to me Mm -hmm. because the way that this villain was portrayed was very much a gendered, misogynist, sexist, like it it was misogyny specifically Mm -hmm. in his, in his villainy, you know, not Mm -hmm. just villainy, but, but a specifically gendered and misogynistic mm-hmm. villainy. And so the fact that Amenadiel actually named it that way, that he, he won't hurt another woman because you did that. Like for me, at least that actually mattered. It does. It also kind of hits with something there. There are times when there are problems that we need to face that we, I feel like certain people are uniquely suited to. And Charlotte is uniquely suited to, to yes. this. Yep. Mm-hmm. As um, a very powerful woman who ha- who has sort of in typical, uh, you know, in typical societal standards, sort of male energy with the power mm-hmm. that she commands. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move us along because I know we have a hard stop, stop yeah. and we have a lot of things to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Okay. Should we talk about Lucifer and Chloe next? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, those are often the things that I think people remember about these episodes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, as we've said before, like in the rewatch with the savoring, like noticing different things, the creepiness of the him trying to recreate their greatest hits, Mm -hmm. like really came through more strongly Mm -hmm. for me in this more savoring of these episodes. Like it was weird and cute and quirky in Mm -hmm. my memory. Mm-hmm. There's very little cute about it <laughs> in, in this rewatch. It's the, just the only just, one that doesn't 
make me like, and even like the first watch, because I'm, I'm, if anyone is ever going to um, die of embarrassment, if embarrassment is ever going to be a fatality, that will be me. And uh, the only one that I don't feel that way about is when he's playing piano as the only one where I'm just like, okay, that's kind of cute. I like, you know, recreating that. Everything else is like, oh, oh, please stop. Please stop. It hurts. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was grateful for Trixie, for -hmm. Trixie's voice to be like, yeah, mom's right. This is weird. It's not fun. It's not fun. Like I, that was, I was grateful for her voice there. And then in terms of like their interaction, like we see some important realizations from each of them in these two, right? Mm -hmm. When Chloe says out loud, I said, yes, because of Lucifer. I said yes to Pierce because of Lucifer. And I also said no, because of Lucifer, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. saying that out loud, like we've seen her desire him want more. We we have seen that, but it's, it's been something that she seems to have been afraid to actually speak out loud, Mm -hmm. I think in the Mm -hmm. past, but she does say it in this episode, which I think is really interesting and significant and powerful given the the totality of these two episodes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the realization that he has when he shows up at the scene at forrest clay's house and says to her like you caught two killers and didn't have my help which means you have chosen me because you don't mm-hmm. need me yeah which is just exactly the right kind of pathos <laughs> to yeah. just uh, just absolutely melt just puddle yes completely puddle the other thing that i found myself thinking about was when he says i can't show you so all i can do is tell you i am the devil and like you know she doesn't believe him but she hears him and and the immediate acceptance the and Um, the not to me with her hand on his mm -hmm. cheek allows him to stop arguing with her right because mm-hmm. there's been this like I, I feel like where he started i need to tell you mm-hmm. and then you know like i feel like there could easily have been like no no really <laughs> no you have mm-hmm. to believe me but when mm-hmm. she says not to me not to me yeah and then with her hand on his cheek it just i don't it just softens it and allows it to be true even yeah. though it is also true that he's the, the devil mm-hmm. like i don't there was yeah. something really just so sweet. Well, it reminded me again of how I feel like intentionally and unintentionally, the show plays with the idea of him, of him being the devil as a metaphor for mental illness. Mm. Like if he were to like trying to be like, look, I'm, I'm bad news. I'm like, you know, you don't want to get involved with me because I'm schizophrenic or I have bipolar disorder or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not an okay person. And she says not to me, you know, and there that's, yeah, that kind of acceptance is just is lovely and exactly what you would want to see from someone who reveals a trauma, whether it's, it's a mental illness or like there, um, I have known individuals who have experienced serious trauma, particularly as children who internalize it as, and that means I'm bad. Yeah. And so to be able to say like, this doesn't change anything. Um, you are who you are to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just, it's, it's lovely. And I think part of the reason why you see, I see on like Reddit, a lot of people talking about how like this show got me through serious depression, 
And like this show helped me figure out ways to accept myself. And I'm like, of course it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And that, that scene is, is one of the things that's so poignant about it is that, well, I mean, first of all, there's Tom Ellis who we can never get enough of how good an actor he is, but he can't show her his true face as in his devil face, but he is showing her his true face emotionally. Yeah. 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 You know, I I didn't think of this before. This is not in my notes, but the other thing that's kind of interesting about that scene when she says not like, she's like wearing crazy clothes because she's been up for two days. Yeah. And like, she's just like, just there's something wild and like atypical about her energy Mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. too, like thinking about mental illness or things that we sort of trauma or things that we don't share. Like she mm-hmm. is also in a wild state in a way, like yes. she's working yeah. through it. She just caught yeah. another bad guy, but she's t- in a totally wild state. And they made sure we saw that with the multiple jackets that don't make any sense together in the hair yeah. and the whatever. And, and, well, that, that was something I like, I noticed because, um, well, I noticed ponytails a lot. Cause I I'm always trying for that slick ponytail where it's not so tight that I feel like it looks like I'm, I, I'm a bun head and trying to, to dance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but slick so it's not like bernie sanders like tendrils coming out so like i i notice her hair quite a bit and like that very much shows like okay i just pulled it back in something and got it and then the next episode you see her like when she's completely in control her yep. hair is is, is tied and back she's, and she's weird. back in her uniform of like skinny jeans mm-hmm. and a shell and a jacket <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and her hair is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway that, that was like a the, I didn't see that on the way. Mm-hmm. And also when she's in her unit back in her uniform, not literal. Um, she also says like enough with the metaphors, even though she yes. was just so, so like just so definitely like we're seeing, you know, there, there are clues of how she's going to react um, or, you know, sort of her mental state and, and openness, yeah. openness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that leads into my most rewatched scene of the entire six seasons. I have to remind myself that they were in front of a green screen. <laughs> I know. That, so that Tom Ellis does not, is, in case fact, anyone's confused, have wings <laughs> that are it's very painfully being that are being shot. painfully shot. Yeah, just so good, so convenient that the bullet knocked Chloe out again. Like she conveniently is okay. Like, I I have it's sort of like it's sort of like. It. It's sort of like snuffle up against me street when we were kids. I know the grown-ups see him now, but when we were kids, nobody could nobody see saw him. Except yeah. except for Big Bird. Okay, okay. I have to okay. What what happened to the bullet? Did her did her bullet necklace stop the bullet? No, she was I wearing can't... a she was wearing Kevlar. She was. Okay, yeah. that wasn't clear to me. And yeah, it has yeah. never when, been when he's like he sort of goes to touch the bullet and there's no blood and she pulls her blouse down. Oh, She's wearing okay. Kevlar. And, and the bullet, okay. the bullets in the, which is a little okay. bit unbelievable. I, my, I went to high school with the woman who is now the chief of police of Baltimore County. And so there were a couple of represents. Right. She's pretty awesome. She is pretty awesome. Um, and so there and were she's like four feet tall and like a badass. She's a little taller than that, but she is a badass. Um, but anyway, what she can't, we, we ran into each other professionally while I was working at the museum. She was still in Baltimore city and she was wearing a bulletproof vest under her, you know, like button, white button men's mm-hmm. style shirt. And like, I knew she was wearing a vest. 
because it's like well, and that's that's what like as many times as I've seen that scene I've never understood what stopped the bullet because it doesn't look it's not clear to me that that's Kevlar so I think it's meant I think maybe there is body armor that's less bulky than bulky, what my yeah. or, but what my former high school classmate was wearing that day mm -hmm. but I think that that's one of those things I just have to like just go with it Trace just go with it just yeah. go with it just because with it. I but let's let's that, talk about that scene yeah that scene so like badass chloe stands Saying, in front of lucifer you're gonna have to shoot me yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't want to die and i can't before i stop you and then shoots mm -hmm. him like god bless yeah. with like yeah. you know 15 20 guys with guns pointed at them amazing yeah. amazing she's amazing and then this this is an overthinking moment that i like still bothers me to this day <laughs> the wings come out to protect and all those goons continue to shoot at the angel <laughs> that they're looking at right like and way back in the beginning we saw that the like the wings like made people go crazy because it was yeah, proof of divinity yeah. and we've I i've done some you know mental furniture rearranging those wings came directly from god these were self-actualized so that's maybe why they're not quite as powerful but still there's no hesitation like what just oh, excuse me what just happened i just have a hard time that even these like hardened criminals wouldn't be like uh boss maybe we shouldn't shoot an angel i don't yeah. I well mean, he he does at one point says go on shoot like he does like he says finish it that's before it. the wings have come out oh okay okay that's when sh uh the bullets have been exchanged between pierce and Chloe Chloe yeah. and she falls back and Lucifer's holding her he's like how is this happening this can't be happening Lucifer says that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Pierce says finish it but okay. he's like down right, the stairs right. yeah. and then the wings come out to protect her yeah. and um I just I don't know it bothers me mm -hmm. although although on this rewatch because I had that in mind when Pierce talks to the bald guy who ends up getting captured mm-hmm and the guy says, glad you're back and whatever. They have that whole thing. And the the goon, the minion says, never seen you scared before. Like, maybe they know. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Which I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. that that little piece does bother me a little, a little mm, bit, mm -hmm. a little bit. But the the like you you feel like Tom Ellis is actually in agonizing pain yeah and, and emotional pain uh-huh um because he's he's afraid that she's dead and between that and then when he comes through the window with the wings oh my god with that the um bloody wings with that dead weather song playing that used to be on my workout that was on my workout yeah. mix for a while so mm -hmm. i know that song really really well and i was yeah, like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah i didn't remember this oh, yeah <laughs> that <laughs> song too yeah treat so, me like your mother Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about Pierce for a minute. So I think I was telling you before we started recording that I wish they had shown some of how dangerous he was while he and Chloe were together, because I think that would have been a richer vein for storytelling than the the straight love triangle, because the tr love triangle was just about jealousy. And it, it never, was not and about it, and it was it never quite never gelled. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Whereas particularly like once Dan learns that 
Pierce is a sinner man. And, and then Chloe's like, I almost married him. Mm-hmm. That level of like menace from him would have been a much richer and more interesting topic, I think, than just the straight jealousy. Because like, I'd be okay with the jealousy was there, but also. if, if uh, we're a little bit more cognizant of how dangerous he was, because he, and now some of that I, I, I can see because the way they write celestials, they just don't get it when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, and because Lucifer and Pierce do have that odd connection with each other. A sort of frenemy thing going yeah. on. Yeah, But then that again would be the more interesting love triangle. I agree. So um, I said that before, but, but uh, you know, also though, in defense of our storytelling, I mean, I, it could have been interesting sort of in the, in the dramatic irony sense that as viewers, we would be seeing his, duplicity yeah while it was happening in mm-hmm. defense of our showrunners like i wonder if it would have changed the way we felt about chloe mm. if we if we oh if, yeah during the romance we we genuinely we felt more strongly that she was being duped mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which i think would not be desirable from sort of the showrunner perspective. story part yeah that's true that's a good point it does make it clear like when she calls him and he's he's saying, I do love you. It makes it much more clear how incapable of love he is because what he thinks of as love is it, like, is clearly not. An I mean, the fact that he could be like, fin- like he shot her and was like, finish it. No. Finish yeah. It. yeah. Well, even the fact that he, he was willing to shoot this person that she cares about deeply in front of her. I, like, I cannot imagine being okay with that when it's not, you know, a situation where someone's actually posing a, a credible danger. Right. You know, right. There right. are times when I can see that happening and it being justifiable. But even then it would be justifiable, but even then it would be wrenching. Like, I right. know I'm hurting this person I love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I did appreciate that Chloe was convinced because he pretended to tear up over Charlotte. Yep. And she's like, that's not him. So she, ha- she does know him well enough to know, like, that's just not how he operates. Yeah. That's not how he shows emotion. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to make sure we talk about Dan and Maze. Agreed. Really um, quickly, though, because I think this is like the Redditors, the thing that you pointed out, the dying scene, Pierce's dying mm. scene. The conversation between the two of them implies the question that you see on Reddit all the time. Like, what about people who genuinely have no remorse? Do they, in fact, do, go to heaven? Do they go to heaven because they don't feel bad? Yeah. 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 And there's there seems to be an implication of that. Because when Pierce knows he's dying, he says, well... I still don't feel bad about anything I did. So I'm going to go to heaven. And, and uh, Lucifer says, Oh, you feel it deep down. Um, And so there's. Right. And the, so the message that our showrunners were giving us with that was that there actually, there is this deep understanding between these two people that they are mirrors in, in a certain Mm way. Well, and it it happens immediately because Lucifer. Right. Even while he's saying it. Even while he's yeah. saying it, his eyes have started. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is there. So that is the point that they were making. And then inadvertently, they made this other mm-hmm. point, this other cosmological point, which I think I still think that you are right, that there there is at least room within the cosmology that they've created that someone who a Hitler or yeah, yeah, or Pot. 
Right. Right. Would not in fact, um, end up in heaven despite having no, despite having no, no remorse whatsoever. Right. And I think that was a specific, like, I'm talking to you, Kane, not exactly. This is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, so now let's talk about Dan and Maze. Yes. Poor Dan <laughs> and poor Charlotte. They got one week together. Yeah. I mean, that's about how long it has to have been since, since the last episode, they really do care about each other. You can tell that she cares about him because he's shown up in her hell loop. Mm -hmm. I do want to say something also about her poor children are going to be very traumatized by, by the loss of their mother after having lost her in another way. Multiple times, multiple multiple times. times. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the only time we see her. Charlotte as herself with her children is in this hell loop. And we don't even know if she's gotten to see them since she's been back in her own body. Right. It's heartbreaking. I love that Charlotte's wearing the, um, the waffle waffle bracelet bracelet, which is so goofy and so Dan and, and, and sweet. Like Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. I like about it is that because everyone's like, "Mm." you sure about that in terms of the gifts like i guess so whereas they really like each other for who they are she Mm -hmm. likes that he's a goofball and he's the waffle king and and um and he likes that she is you know so hard driving and and you know who she is and so i i really appreciate that it's showing that like you don't have to pretend to be anyone other than who you are for the person who really loves you um you know just a, a reiteration of that and then the way that he is responding and acting all throughout the devil of my word is so relatable like every aspect of it is so relatable that he's like i have to work like i totally get that and even when pierce is like i'd be i'd be in the same position so that's fine just yeah that uh he's he's barely holding on to his anger and needs other people redirect him when it, his anger is getting getting them more um, in a position where things bad things could happen. And then thinking about the fact that immediately end of this episode, we know that one of the emotional supports, two, two of his main emotional supports are going to go away for a month, his ex-wife and his daughter. And so he's going to be dealing with this awful heartbreak and anger and sense of betrayal. And Amenadiel's not back yet. Oh, and Amenity, you're right. Three of his main emotional supports. It's just poor Dan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And what a, what a character arc he's had because we met him as a corrupt cop. Yeah. And here he is now as someone we're rooting for. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and Maze. Maze. Oh my goodness. So I said, I felt like she stops spiraling when she's trying to like catfish or I don't know if you'd call it that, but a uh, uh, trick amenadiel. But he immediately gives her a hug and says, you know, I will always be there for you. And it, you were saying it's more of a pause rather than a stop of the spiral. Or slow down or something. Cause slow I, down. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that. Yeah. I feel like when she believes Linda is in danger, that's, mm-hmm. that's the true shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, she's finally starts to understand that people do see her yeah and not just the demon well part of her spiral is that she felt she had nothing on earth which Mm -hmm. is why she wanted to go back to hell 
And so having a Menadiel say and show in like by by embracing her that she actually does have at least something on earth. So I think that was what the, the sort of pattern interrupt was. And mm-hmm. then the idea that she could lose Linda. Mm-hmm. Like, a, and in a forever kind of way. Yeah. And knowing that she, she was at least in part responsible, you know, because of her yeah. and, you know, cause if, if Pierce had in fact threatened Linda, it would have been to get to Maze. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I will say maybe this is fluff, but when uh, when Linda says you look like you fought ten people and ran a mile, and she says and, like you don't need to say it, and she's like it was twelve people and four miles. Wow. Yeah, and it's been a while since I considered myself a runner, but I'm like a mile's not that far. <laughs> I mean, in what she's wearing after fighting True. ten people. True true but i i also i appreciate may's saying like actions are easy for me i need to say the words because yeah. they're hard that was powerful dialogue honestly mm-hmm. yeah because uh, i think that that like that i need to be brave in the way that's brave for me i mean to your point about this helping people like that mm-hmm. sort of knowing where your bravery is as opposed to what mm-hmm. you know I, I, that felt really really powerful and important to me yeah all right so we're out of time yes i'm gonna name fluffs all right i'm just gonna quickly name that it was really fun to be faked out with ella uh and the phone by the stories by the the writers like i was i was faked out i was like Mm -hmm. wait i didn't remember ella betraying them being betraying no it's because um, she didn't (laughs) because she didn't yeah that was really really fun and well done and amy garcia nailed it and Mm and the writers nailed it well done that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my little fluff. Yes. What you got? Okay. So Chloe is a little bit all uh, disheveled because she stayed up all night working on the Forest Clay thing. Then they they get Forest Clay. She's having the conversation. So she's been up for you know twenty four hours <laughs> at least or more mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, it's like thirty six at that point. Um, Charlotte dies. The next next episode we see it's the morning, and she's so still wearing Chloe's the same now, clothes. She, yeah. So Chloe's been up for two days straight. And then they have everything that happens and it's like another night and morning where we see she has not gone to bed. (laughs) So she has been awake. Now it's one of those where like, I would, I would be babbling nonsense. Like I'm not capable of being awake for 72 hours straight. Just can't do it. Now, to be fair, that also uh, speaks to the mindset she's in. Yeah. And the adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is, it was just interesting because I didn't notice it first couple of times I've watched these episodes, um, but I definitely was just like, did she catch a nap somewhere? Cause she's got to be exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then uh, one last thing she mentioned what you said about the suits. Yeah. And I have, I have another quick thing if we can maybe make it happen. So yeah, mm-hmm. last time in our last episode, we talked about the suits. He starts this episode, these two episodes in a brown suit, which I don't like, but then he moves into the <laughs> black suit with the white shirt and the red the red um pocket square pocket and square yeah you were saying that that was that there was a theory that that was sort of his devilishness and then you noted that he's trying to recreate their greatest hit so of course that's why he's wearing the black suit with the red which i really mm-hmm. like well done and then the other thing the, so two other things maybe i'll remember both of them one is when 
at the crime scene the next day when Lucifer finds the feather and then is telling Pierce because we he, we don't know yet. Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know yet, and he's like, "There's this theory," but he doesn't actually say the word self actualization. It's like, yeah, I like re- I backed it up and watched it again. I was like, he didn't never actually, actually finish finishes the thought. the thought. Yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe it ended on the cutting room floor because it's written as if Pierce understands what Under- has been yeah. said. So yeah. that that like bugged me a little bit. Yeah, and the uh i lost whatever the other thing was so it was one. it was so fluffy it just floated away it just uh, yeah you can't help the, the tendrils <laughs> it just totally tendrils. it just totally floated away and i'm i'm like darn i'm i'm disappointed you're gonna remember it as soon as we get off zoom you're right we i am i totally am uh, yeah maybe i'll put <laughs> you it know, you sh- can do a coda where it's just you I'm i just can like, put hey, i thought of it <laughs> I think that would be cool yeah. easter egg for our, our our 12 15 15 subscribers we love you all thank you for subscribing okay i'm a minute late for my next meeting so i better get going okay okay see you next okay. week see you next week our theme song is feral angel waltz by kevin mcleod from incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 4.0 license Visit the show notes for the URL. I am an artificially generated voice, powered by Narakeep.com. Lucifer, is a Warner Brothers production that first aired on Fox and then Netflix. Tracy and Emily are not affiliated with Fox, Netflix, nor WB. If you liked this episode, subscribe to Keep Overthinking with them, and visit the show notes for other ways to connect.